Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right on, man. We're going to put that song to the test this morning, all right? We're going to put it to the test because it's crazy. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, I want to challenge you right now this morning with a story that when we read this story, you're going to be like, man, that really didn't happen. Did that really happen? It's going to be one of those stories where you're just like, come on, that didn't happen, man. I mean, that's, that's a little bit, they're throwing a little bit on it with that story right there. But I want to challenge you. Not only did this story actually happen, not only is this a moment in history or a real event that happened, but also I want to challenge you uh, to, to consider and to know, actually, that it's still happening that this is still taking place, and it's taking place in our lives, around our lives, and all around us, all right? And so I want to challenge you with that. So, so just kind of hold tight, man, because it's kind of one of those crazy stories in the Bible. You're just going to be tripping, all right? But, but, but again, I want to challenge you to that. And so what I want you to do is uh, I want you to picture the scene real quick, because I'm going I'm to put it in reverse a little bit. You know how like when you get stuck in the snow, all right, you, you can't just keep going forward. You got to back up a little bit just so you can get some traction to move forward. All right, we're going to do that right right now. All right, so I'm going to go back to uh, last week, and I want you to picture the scene with me as we were, we, were t- we were talking again more. We're reading through the book of Luke. These are real historic events. This actually happened. All right, so it shouldn't be that hard to imagine or picture, all right, that there was a place where there was a guy named John the Baptist, and he was baptizing people in a river, and they were all coming out there, and he was all crazy, wearing leathers and stuff, and eating bugs, all right, and he was just baptizing people, and then Jesus shows up to be baptized by this cat. And the dude says, man, I should be baptized by you. And Jesus is like, man, just calm down. All right, just let it be like this to fulfill all righteousness. Let's just do this, okay? And, and, and then John just baptized him. And all the people were around and listening to John say these kind of things. And they all had this mad respect for John. They were following John, all right? And now John says, there's this cat right here. This is way better. Like I need, you know, and, and he, but the, you know, he just does it anyways. And then this event, this, this craziness happens. Can you picture this? That, that Jesus is actually going on the water and then coming out of the water, all right, was praying. And the scriptures say that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descended uh, all right, in bodily form like a dove, not a dove, but like a dove, all right, descended upon Jesus. And this voice broke through the heavens, all right, and said, this is my son in who I am well pleased. I'm sure there's a way more cooler voice than that, all right, but, but that happened. Probably one of the greatest human days of Jesus' life. All that coolness. I mean, if we were there, we'd be going, whoa, what in the world? This is awesome. And Jesus, all right, going through this scene, right, and then all of a sudden, right, immediately following that event, this happens. Are you ready? It's a crazy story. Let's pray. Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the honor. We give you the glory, Lord God. In the name of Christ, guide us through your word, Lord. Help us understand, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in Luke chapter 4. We've been going through the book of Luke. We made it all the way to chapter 4 so far. All right, and uh, today we're going to be going to Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 15. I'm going to teach through 1 through 16, and then we're going to, you know, I'm going to mention 14 and 15, verse 14 and 15 today, and we're going to bring it back next week because, again, huge connection between last week's sermon, this week's sermon, and next week's sermon, and I want you to kind of stay with me. All your questions ain't going to be answered today, all right, but that's all right. I'm glad you got questions, all right, so praise the Lord. So Luke chapter 4, verse 1 begins like this. Here's It's going to get crazy. There we go. And Jesus, 
full of the Holy Spirit, that's a trip, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. You think? All right. And the devil said, if, if, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in one moment of time. And he said to him, to you, I will give all of this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I'll give it to whoever whoever whom I will. Liar. And if then, if you then would worship me, it'll all be yours. Sure. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So then, try another one. He says, and he took him to to, to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, "If, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here because it's written, now the devil's trying to use scripture, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it said that you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report went about him, went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. He was on mission, continually on mission, Jesus was. Right? And so I want to challenge you with a thought, okay? So, so uh, I want to give you a sentence right here. And, and uh, it's going to be kind of a little bit of a crazy sentence. But, but I want to challenge you to understand this sentence. Because if you don't get anything out of today's sermon, all right, I want you to challenge this one sentence. If, you're, if right now you're getting ready to fall asleep, all right, wait till you hear this sentence, all right, understand this sentence, and then just knock out for a while, all right? We'll wake you up when it's over, and we'll remind you of the sentence, all right? So you ready? Here's the sentence, all right? Here it is. The Spirit of God and the Word of God are sufficient for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. Are you hearing me? The Spirit of God and the, and the, and the Word of God are good enough, are sufficient for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. Amen? It's a good place for an amen. We're going to open that up a little bit more right here. So check this out. Again, all right, Jesus, the scene. He was just baptized. Everything was crazy. And I'm going to kind of remind you some stuff that we talked about last week. Remember we said last week, baptism doesn't save you. All right, the baptism doesn't save you. I remember I got invited to speak at a college in Florida a while back, right? And I uh, did a three-day event. I was the main speaker there at this three-day event. And the guy told me, he said, when I, he waited till I got there. He says, look, man, we're of this particular stream of ministry where we believe that, you know, you know we, we don't want you to do any altar calls. And I was like, why? And they're like, because, you know, um, we believe that people have to be baptized in order to be saved. And I know you probably aren't with that. And I'm like, and so, you know, they said, just, just 
don't do any altar calls. And so what do you think we did that night? All right, so praise the Lord. Half the place gave their life to Christ. It was amazing. He said, now you can get baptized. Of course, they're not inviting me back. But anyways, praise the Lord, right? And so we're just gonna do it. You know, baptism doesn't save you. But here's what I know. It confirms the mission forward. See, Jesus, when he came to get baptized by John the Baptist, he, he did that because, not because, you know, he needed to repent of his sins, but he, he, was, he was confirming the baptism ministry of John, basically saying this is a change in direction. And now he was actually even, and adding on to that by the, the receiving of God's Holy Spirit, all right, upon baptism, he was showing, okay, look, at, not only are you confirming that you've given your life to me, but now you're also confirming, all right, that you are in agreement with the mission forward as you have been, you know, anointed, blessed, filled, all right, with God's Holy Spirit because he doesn't give you his spirit just so you got his spirit in your pocket so you can say you got some. All right, you're on mission, Right, you're, you're engaging in the work of God with God for his glory. Amen? And so baptism doesn't save you, but it confirms the mission forward. But here's what I know. Also, when you are confirming the mission forward, all right, when you are you know, declaring that I am on mission with God's Holy Spirit, you know, the presence and filling of God's Holy Spirit, grounded in God's word, I am on mission forward, the enemy is going to do everything he can to subvert that mission. Subvert, we don't use that word a lot, but I just want to challenge you. It means basically to undermine, all right, the power and the authority of that mission. So, so when you're on mission with God, when you're declaring that, the enemy's going to do everything he can to subvert that mission, undermine the power and authority of that mission. And here's what I know, man. Um, you know, when we have these stories about Jesus, I want to challenge you this as well. All kinds of challenges today. But so here's what goes. I want you to think about this, right? We're not given this account of Jesus' life or any of the accounts that we're going to be reading in Jesus' life, all right, just so we can see how awesome Jesus was, all right? He's totally awesome. Absolutely. We know this, all right? But that's not why they're there. I believe that we're shown these things so that we can know that the life he is calling us to as a human, a man and woman of God, all right, is not impossible, for someone who is filled with the Spirit and grounded in the Word of God. This mission forward, all right, is not an impossible mission. It's not an impossible life for those men and women who are filled with the Spirit and grounded in God's Word. Jesus himself is going to prove to us right here through this story that we just read and we're going to unpack right now that the Spirit of God and the Word of God are sufficient for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. Now, we're going to use that statement next week as well. So kind of just, if you're, if you're still trying to just breathe, we'll get through there. We'll get through it. But Jesus himself is going to prove that that's actually possible. And right now you're probably saying, well, of course he's going to prove it. He's God. He's totally God. There's a, of course he's going to prove it. I want to challenge you to that. All right, because I truly believe, all right, that, that, that there's something else taking place here that, that we sometimes miss when we're watching Jesus do these miracles and do these things, all right? So here we go. Luke chapter four, verse one. Are you ready? Here we go. Again, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, or he was just baptized. This just took place, and now this is taking place, all right, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and you look at that, I don't know how many times we fail to ask questions like, okay, wait a second, Jesus, God, was filled with the Holy Spirit, God. Why is God filled with God? Why is Jesus all full of himself? All right, so what's going on right here? 
And we're looking at that and we're like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Whoever even asked that question, why mention that God was filled with God? Why is that even important? We have to remember what we, what we have been taught and what we come to understand about Jesus Christ, about God's mission through Jesus Christ. We have to remember, Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, how the, the process that Jesus actually went through, all right, coming from heaven, being born of a human being. He said it like this, you know, who though he was in the form of God, didn't count equality with God as, as a thing to be grasped the hold of, but instead he emptied himself, emptied himself of all his godly privileges by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to God to the point of death, even death on a cross. As so I'll challenge you, I'll put this little statement up there as well. Jesus lived his life and ministry as a spirit-filled man, fully God, but he lived his life and ministry as a spirit-filled man, willingly limiting himself, according to the scripture we just read, willingly limiting himself, very important, all right, uh, and living by the guidance of God the Father and the empowering of God the Spirit. When I read that, I realize that Jesus didn't cheat to, when, he came, when he came to accomplishing all, right, all these things, when he came to resisting the temptation of the enemy, he didn't cheat by like, I'm totally God, so I'm gonna nail this, right? No problem, all right? You know, by, by healing people and preaching the gospel, all right? You know, he didn't, I'm totally God, I got this whip, none of that. He didn't cheat because he, he set aside those privileges and became human, just like you and I, and showed us what it looks like for a man and woman, or a man or a woman, to be filled with God's Holy Spirit and be grounded in the word of God and continue in this mission of God and to move forward, even though the enemy is trying to just subvert, once again, undermine the power and authority of that, of that mission, all right? It was like God the Son became the Son of Man, all right, guided by God the Father and empowered by God the Spirit. Why? Why did he do that? There, you know, one reason, not the only reason, of course, there are more huge reasons that we're going to talk, you know, about, you know, the gospel, you know, saving us from our sin, all right? Yes, that's the biggest reason. But, 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 but I think one reason was to show us that we could do and, and, and should do the same. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says it like this. We don't have a high priest, all right? Jesus is not someone who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but he was, but one who was in every respect had been tempted just like we are, yet without sin. You see, God became a real dude and dealt with real stuff so that we could really relate. Amen? That's what's taking place here. And so, so we have him. Okay, here it is. Here it is. You know, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, all right? And for 40 days... Being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was totally hungry. Right? He was hungry. Now, I want you to think about something. Because you've, you've experienced this. Imagine this. Imagine, imagine the day one. Imagine the day that, that, that begin, that first day 
right? You know, you just came out of the baptism waters, right? You invited your family. You invited your friends, all right? We, we filmed it, man. Everything was awesome. You, you, you're so excited. You gave your life to Jesus. You're declaring that new life in front of the whole church and everybody who's watching, all right? And you just, you come out of those baptism waters and you're like, yeah, man. You're like, just, you're just a new life in Christ, man. And, and you're, you're, you go out to lunch that day and everybody's like, yeah, man, great job, man. Yeah, yeah. you deserve a medal. You know, I mean, all this great stuff, man. This is really, really cool. You know, and it's real, but I mean, it's real, right? You're in your whole new life, man. Everything has changed until the next day, right? And then that next day, wait a second. All right, Jesus came out of those baptism waters. All the crowd was there, man. Everybody was like, what? And voice from heaven, dude. When does that happen? And then now this. Out of that cool water and into the straight wilderness, right? Out of those huge crowds and now into total isolation, right? And hearing the voice of the Father, man, just splitting the heavens and now hearing the voice of the enemy, the tempter, right? Being anointed by the Holy Spirit and now being attacked by the enemy, right? The heavens opened up, man. The heavens opened up and now hell seems to be rising everywhere around you, right? The hunger to just stay close to God and now the temptation to just walk away. Sound familiar? It does to me. How do you handle that? How do you handle that? First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul gives us some insight. He says, look, man, he goes, I know you're going through all this craziness, but you look at, you, no temptation has, has overtaken you that it's not the same as all over the world. No temptation is, has overtaken you. It's not common to man. You're not this special. No, no, you know, you know to say nobody knows what I'm going through is, is, is really a huge understatement. Because number one, he knows exactly what you're going through. No temptation has overtaken you except for that which is common to man. And God is faithful. Okay? God is faithful. He's not going to let you be tempted beyond your ability all right? And, but with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape. Why is he going to provide a way of escape? Because he knows you can't take it. You don't got this. To say, I got this. This is probably the stupidest thing in the world to say. I can handle this. No, you can't. What do you say? What do people say? God will never give me more than you can, never give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. Because if you can handle it, what do you need God for? Right? And he says, but, but, but we'll provide a way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. Every time I give in to temptation, all right, it's not because I couldn't overcome it. It was because I gave up and I gave in. All right? Every time you give in to temptation, it's not because you can't handle it. It's because you gave up. And he gave in. You see, the enemy sets the stage, and that's what he was doing right here with Jesus. He was portraying these stages. Look, I was just saying, you just got to engage. I'll set the stage, you just engage. That's what he does every time. Here's the stage, here's the stage. He's got all these stages in front of you, right? Boom, go for it, go for it, go for it. You're the one who has to engage. <coughs> Excuse me. 
You can't make you do nothing. You have to choose either to fight or to fall. You have to choose either to fight or to fall. We all know how to fall, right? Don't we all know how to fall? Everyone here has fallen. Everyone here knows how to fall. The question is, do you know how to fight? Do you know how to fight? That's why I share with you, man, the Spirit of God and the Word of God are sufficient for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. When I find people that are just struggling and going through this stuff, I'm asking, what is God saying to you? I don't know. I can't hear him at all. You could get the Spirit of God, first of all, missing. All right, what is the Word saying to you? I don't know. I haven't read it for a long time. All right, okay, you're missing the two huge things in the, on the planet that you need to overcome any of this. The Spirit of God and the Word of God, all right, are Sufficient or good enough for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. You're like, I'm just trying to make it through the day. What mission? You are God's child. You are God's son. You are God's daughter filled with his spirit to change the world. I didn't ask for that. Well, then you didn't ask for Jesus. Come on. And the devil said to him, here we go. All right, the devil speaks. Here we go, right? Come on. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. No, you're hungry. Apparently God's checked out on you. Come on. If you're his son, knock it out. You can do it. If he just heard God himself, the sky opened up. Excuse me. That's my son right there. Yeah. All right. He's heard that happen. But when the enemy can hear that, when the enemy can get you to question your identity, Christ in Christ, when, when the enemy can get you to, to question your identity in Christ, questioning your trust in Christ is not far behind. Emory Kincaid said it like this. He said, when we no longer see ourselves as children of God, we stop living like it. Come on, man. That preach is right there. I've seen the enemy work on this stage, man, in the lives of Christian singles, in the lives of Christian um, widows, in the lives of, of, of Christians who feel that their, fair, their marriage is just un, unfruitful enough. And, 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 you know, and, 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 and they hear that lie that sexual frustration is just, it's, it's outdated, it's old, man. Just don't even listen to that lie, all right? Take this stone, turn it into some bread, man. Go for it. God is more concerned about your happiness than he is your holiness. Make some bread. Luke chapter four, Jesus responds. He says, and Jesus answers, says, it is written, the man shall not live on bread alone. Jesus, filled with the spirit of God, opens the word of God and shows us how to fight. When we were, well, the attack has been huge on my family ever since we gave our lives to Christ. It's been relentless. But when we were getting ready to plant this church, it was huge. I mean, it was full out assault. Then I remember one night, um, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And Debbie's, uh, you know, she's crashed out right there in bed already. And, and the kids are, 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 are you know, our, my, our daughter, I think it was that time, it was just Angel of the house, was, was crashed out. And 
oh man, I went to go kneel down beside my bed just to pray. And as I was leaning my head down, this face, man, I'm not even kidding, just straight up. I don't make this junk up for sensationalism or any of that junk, man. I'm just going to tell you what's real. This happened. See, the enemy's real. The devil's real, and he's got a bunch of buddies, and they're just all about it. All right, and I went to go kneel down, and this face just boom, right in my face. I got up. I was like, whoa. She gave me like the chills. It freaked me out at first. But I didn't come back and say, you know what? Do you know that I'm a pastor? I'm going to preach this sermon to you right now. I didn't do none of that. I didn't jump in the bed. Debbie, get him. You know what I mean? Just handle that, would you? She went up like a boss. All right? What I do, man? I got, immediately got up. I grabbed the word of God, and I just started reading out the word of God out loud in my home, in that house. Took control of my house, gave control to God immediately, and started just sharing the word of God. I didn't preach it. I didn't add to it. Nothing. Just read. You're like, what'd you read? I'm not going to tell you. Right? You figure it out yourself, man. Oh, you got those things. Man, you figure that out. Get in the word of God, and you'll find out what you're supposed to read when these things take place. All right, declaring the word of God. I wasn't just reading it. I was declaring the word of God in my home. I walked, I walked around my bed. I touched my wife on the foot right there, prayed over her, walked in there, prayed over my daughter's room, prayed over in each of the bedrooms, all right, of the bathrooms, went downstairs. I even went outside, boom, started praying. It's like two o'clock in the morning, walking around my house, preaching the word of God, just, just, just reading the word of God around my house. Praise the Lord, Amen. And guess what I did after that? Closed the word, went upstairs, got in bed, and slept great. Amen? Praise the Lord. Devil saw that wasn't working, so this is in verse 5. And he took him up and showed him, all right? He, 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 he showed him that, 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 that all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he said to him, hey, I, to you, I will give all of this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, which is a lie, and I will give it to whomever I will. If you then will just worship me, it'll be all yours. All right? Does the devil have authority? Yeah, he does have some authority, but nothing that is over or supersedes Christ or anybody else. You know, can God, can, can the enemy give, you know, get, you know get, he sets the stage. Remember, I told you, you, you just have to engage. Right? He's a liar. We got to remember, he's the father of all lies. We over-trivialize the, the, the enemy sometimes. There was a story, one lady says, you know what, I, you know, she came home after shopping all day and told her husband, I just bought this new dress. And he's like, man, we can't afford that. Did you at least pray on it? She said, I tried to, but I just kept hearing the enemy just kind of tell me, just get it, just get it. Did you say, get behind me, Satan? She says, yes, I did. But he said, yeah, it looks good from back here too. All right. And said, we we over-trivialize the enemy. We over-trivialize the enemy. Man, we just think, you know, he's not that, he's not that comical. He's a real enemy. And he really hates you. He doesn't want to give you anything. He wants to take everything from you. And if he can give you something that will take everything from you, he's going to do it. He sets the stage. We have to engage. It's just, it's just it's what it is. That's why we have to understand that this fight is a real fight. And it's up to us to either fight or to fall. We have to choose. So he took him up here and he says, I got all this stuff, man. I'm going to give it to you, right? High price for an empty claim. 
High price for an empty clean. And Jesus answered him and said to him, said, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> he said to him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. This is important because it's easy to fool ourselves into who we think we are worshiping. All right, especially when our lives tell a different story for a whole different glory. We have to pay attention to the word of God, man, and, and recognize, okay, where, in fact, am I worshiping? Here's what I know. When, when, when life gets hard, you immediately, all right, pursue who or what you worship or who or what you count on most. When your relationships feel like they're just bleeding out, all right, when your finances are just falling apart, man, when health issues are just kind of striking you and maybe the people you love, or maybe you're just having a bad day and another bad day and you had another bad day. Where you go from there is going to reveal who or what you worship. You're gonna to gravitate towards that area of worship. And a lot of times, man, you may, there's these false idols of you and, and then or him or her or this or that. But yet we find ourselves in church thinking, no, 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 no. When in fact our lives are proving a different story for a whole different glory. He says, it is written, you should worship the Lord your God. You should bow down before the, word, the Lord your God. You should kneel, you should incline your heart, your mind, everything about you. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. The Lord your God. And him only shall you serve. The spirit of the Lord, I'm telling you, man, the spirit of the Lord and the word of, of God are, are sufficient enough for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. So finally, he hits him up with this last one right here. He says, okay. <clears throat> so then he took him up to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, now the enemy is pulling out scripture. Wait, is that even legal? The enemy's pulling out scripture right here. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. He says, well, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you, all right? On their hands, they'll bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Man, we have to remember or at least realize for the first time that the enemy knows the word of God. And obviously, he's, he has no problem using it against us using it against us. How many times have you heard people quote scripture and you just know, man, you don't believe that. You're just using that. I don't know if you ever see the book of Eli. Anybody see the book of Eli? The book of Eli is about an apocalyptic uh, time and, and, uh, and you know, and, and, you know the, the world has been trashed and there's just a few stragglers left around, right? And uh, they, they actually burned all the Bibles. And the only one, all right, that has a Bible, of course, Denzel Washington, is the only guy who has a Bible, all right? And he's roaming the earth with this Bible, all right? And, and then he comes across this place, there's this dude named Carnegie, and he's like trying to, he has these guys out there, these marauders out there, just trying to find the book, trying to find the Bible, trying to find the Bible. He doesn't tell them the Bible, he's trying to find the book. And they keep coming with all these, these other books, man. And finally, one guy says, dude, why, 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 it's just a book. Why do we, why do we need the book? And the guy used a bunch of colorful language that I won't use here, but he actually just says, he says, look, it's not just a book. 
It's a weapon, he says, aimed at the hearts and, and the minds of the weak and the desperate, and it'll give us control over them. You see, that's the enemy speaking, but you know, his, his representative, that's how the enemy views the word of God. He doesn't dismiss it. He doesn't say it's irrelevant. He uses it against people who don't know the word of God. This is why it's so important for us to be students of the word of God. And I'll explain that here in a minute. That's why it's so essential for us to be in the word of God. I remember, when, again, when we were first starting this church, all right, uh, you know, and I've shared this before, and shared again, I'll share it all the time, because it's a really relevant story, you know, like the enemy, I, I went up to pray, but I've always carried this clip on my shoulder this, that basically says, not good enough, for years, because I know what I've done, I know how I've lived, I know the damage and the wreckage I've left behind, all right, and I'm not, I'm not gonna act like I didn't do it. Or I've repented of that sin and God has restored me and reconciled me, but I've always carried this clip. It's still not good enough, bro. It's like when, when, when God wanted me, all right, when he was calling me into his church, I felt, that I, I, I felt he wanted me to lead. I, I was always just kind of thinking, no, wait a second. Nah, you want me inside of like a, a washing machine for like another two years or so and just keep just running that cycle over and over again. But when he called us to plant this church, I said, okay, I went up in the hills here. I got a little, uh, a little room up there in the hills, man, and just me by myself, a Bible and pen and paper, and just fasted for a few days and, and just seek the Lord. And it was crazy because he led me to the book of Jeremiah. As I started reading the book of Jeremiah, I don't know if you're familiar with the book of Jeremiah, but it starts off really, really cool, and then he just starts hammering Israel. All right, like you guys, it's not gonna work. You're not gonna do it. I gave you a shot. You didn't do it. And each time I'm reading this, I'm feeling, okay, God, you led me. To, you're telling me, don't do this because I'm not good enough. All right? Well, why am I even here? I started getting so angry. I started throwing my Bible across the room. I said, well, forget it then. You could have just told me that while I was back home. You didn't bring me up here to tell me that. You know what God kept telling me? Keep reading. I started reading more through it. Sure enough, more and more, Israel just blowing it, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like, okay, man, God, you know what? Yeah, get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make it. I'm not making the cut. I just, I've just outsinned you, I guess, man, through my Bible. God was telling me, look, man, there's another voice in this room. You need to keep reading and listen for me. Finally, I made it to, 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 Je to Jeremiah chapter 31, and I started reading about the new covenant, about the restoration of Israel, and I started reading that, you know, about Jesus, and I started realizing, okay, and I, the guy was like, okay, you got this? And it was like he had cast the enemy out by just continually pursuing his word because the enemy was trying to use his word against me, and God says, no, I got a word for you. You just need to stay with me. And I believe God is telling every one of us this. You read through the word and you say, there's no way. God says, you're right. I am the way. All right? Not yours. No way for you, but I am the way, the truth, and the life. Stay connected. And I read that, man, and I, and I just stayed with him. And I realized that if Jesus, all right, gave his life for me, what do you think that makes me? If Jesus gave his life for you, what does that think? What do you think that makes you? Totally good enough. Totally worthy. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so the enemy is trying to use God's word against Jesus, and Jesus just bolts right back, all right? He says, and Jesus answered him and says, it is said that you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
You shall not put the Lord your God. It is so important for the people of God to know the word of God so that they can know when things are not from God. Amen? It's our position. The enemy threw his hands up for the moment. It says when the enemy had, had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The enemy doesn't give up on you. All right? And just to kind of remind you, man, this is the devil straight up with Jesus. The devil's probably not, the devil himself, is, he can only be in one place at one time. He's probably over there hanging out with Putin right now. So he's not really interested in you. All right? All right? But, 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 but he, has, he has his demons, all his buddies. They're all over us. And they're all around us. But don't worry, you can't see him. At least unless they make, make, make. Yeah, that's comforting. All right, so... But, 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 you know, there, there, there is, there's constant. And, and, when it doesn't, and Jesus is not left alone there. We're going to go through the scripture. We're going to recognize there's demonic activity and attack all around him all throughout this book of Luke that we're going to, we're going to through his life. And we're going to see. So what do we need to do, man? We need to know how to fight. And the only way to fight is to fight through, through Jesus, is to fight Jesus' fight. And how did he fight? Number one, all right, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Because I've talked to people and they're like, oh man, okay, that sounds good, but how do I do that? Let me just remind you, if you believe that God himself, all right, that God was born, you know, came here, was born of a woman, all right, was, 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 was lived and, and did many miracles and, and did all kinds of crazy cool teachings and stuff and went to the cross. God himself went to the cross for your sins and my sins, all right, was, 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 died on the cross, was buried, three days later rose again and is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, King Jesus. If you believe that story and not just believe it, but do you trust it? Do you trust it with everything about you? Do you say, do I, do you not just believe it? Do you breathe? it, man. Do you breathe that story? Is it your story? Is he, is he your king? Or are you living life between two kings? King me, King Jesus. King me, King Jesus. Jesus don't play that game. It's all King you until it's King Jesus. If you would, if you would give your life completely to Christ and make him Lord of your life, he will give you his Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said, oh, God is not going to withhold his spirit from me. All you have to do is ask. We're going to share that story in a few weeks. All you have to do is ask. Number one, ask. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, become a student of God's word. Now, what I'm not saying is you put God's word under a microscope and you're just like, mm-hmm, and just start dissecting it. No, you get underneath God's word, all right? And you look up to God's word. And you ask God, and you ask God, you know, how does this look in my life? And you become a learner, a follower of Jesus Christ through the word of God. That means you are reading and in the scriptures, guess what? Daily daily. That's not just your, oh, I got this verse for the day. I'm just going to put this verse right here. Oh, wait, that's a portrait cookie. Boom. All right, here's my verse. I'm going to put this verse up. All right, I got this verse. This verse is going to be real helpful. All right, no, 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 no. It means opening the word of God and not leaving until you know that God is saying. And don't move on to another scripture until you have, if God led you to that scripture, stay there until you know what he's telling you. Number one, ask and be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Number two, all right, become a student of the word. Number three, pursue community, all right, because the spirit of God and the word of God are sufficient for the people of God, the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. Pursue community. 
other men and women that you can just bounce these things off of. How, is, how did you, you know, what does God do? Here's what he led me. Here's what I think. And we just become students, plural, of the word of God. I mean, if you're trying to fight this without the Spirit of God, you're trying to fight it without the Word of God, good luck. Because you just wrote off God and become your own God. Handle that. Let me know how that works out. We'll pray for you. You have to know this, man, because the Spirit of God, you should know this by now, the Spirit of God and the Word of God are sufficient for the people of God to accomplish the mission of God. Here's the scripture that we went through this week, all right, this weekend. Uh, I've added a few extra verses on some of this because I want to kind of give you guys a little more context, all right, with it. Um, you know, it'd be good to just read each of those chapters that are related right there. Take a picture of this, all right? Um, make sure you got this, all right? You know, I'm not going to read this off to you, so you can kind of, and we're going to take time with that. It's right there. This is the scripture. Check our work. Check our work. See if what we were, see if this actually adds up to what we were talking about. All right? And then check your work. What are you coming up with? All right? Check out other sources and, and different areas of, uh, you know, scholars and whatnot who read. And, and uh, we got, you know, a bunch of stuff we can recommend for that. And then, uh, but, but ultimately, trust his work. Amen? Trust his work. Praise the Lord. Love you guys.